Reading is taken from Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law, or by you believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God, and it was created to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith, on the contrary. It says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might be done in the, to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith he might receive the promise of the Spirit. Can I just draw attention to the banner up there before I depart? When I came in, I was just I was struck by it, and I was thinking, if all the leaders of the world see that, believe that, went by that, if all the leaders of this country saw that and went by it. I thought a bit more than that. I thought if all of us went by that, what a different world it would be. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how you speak. Thank you for this letter of Paul's to the Galatians. And um, as we reflect on those words, uh, help us to hear what you're saying. Help us to be obedient. Help us to uh, be attentive to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. We're carrying on in our series, uh, going through this letter, uh, Galatians, and thinking about finding faith, finding freedom. And uh, when I was 17 years old, I uh, went down to London from Newcastle to do an audition 
at the Royal Academy of Music. They ran a jazz course, uh, as I discovered, and I went on with him my saxophone and did the audition. And I had no idea whether I would be good enough, uh, whether what they would think. Uh, but I had been working really hard. I'd been practicing a lot, and I'd been really, I was really focused um, on this audition. This was you know, something I really wanted to do. Well, as I started playing, even in the audition itself, the two members of the panel, the saxophone tutor and the head of the course, started smiling. And they even started nodding their heads. You know, if you're into jazz, you just go like this. <laughs> and uh, that's what they were doing as I was playing. And uh, they really, they were, it was very encouraging. And so I kept on playing. I played my pieces and uh, went and sat down with uh, them to, for the sort of spoken interview. And I had all these things I wanted to tell them. Oh, I've been working on this. I've been practicing this and that and the other. They didn't want to know. They were like, it's brilliant. He said, we, it's gone really well. We want, we want you to come. We want you to join the course. I was like, what? You've got to be joking. Really? What? I couldn't believe it. We want you to go on the course. And I, and I went home and uh, I got this letter from the Royal Academy of Music with an unconditional offer. Well, I had to get two E's at my A-levels. <laughs> so, and I, uh, so I, you can imagine how big-headed I was walking around school. Um, I, I, to be honest, and telling my teachers, I don't need to study this subject, sir. Uh, I just, I don't even need an E for it. Well, but, uh, do you know, and actually, to be honest, school, I wasn't really enjoying it at the time. I was a bit fed up. I was just, just wanted to get out and wanted to leave home and that. But I had favor from the Royal Academy of Music. I had a place, and the tutors had smiled on me. It was downhill from there on. But at that point, <laughs> at that point, they were smiling on me, and I had favor. Well, do you know that it is possible to enjoy the smile of God and his favor? And no matter what else is going on around you, that can be your lived reality. My lived reality. It is possible. And it's possible because of the gospel. It's possible because of what Jesus has done. He died on a cross so that you could know God's favor so that you could be under God's smile. That is what God has done for you. That is what God has done for me. Paul says, Jesus Christ was portrayed very clearly before you as being crucified. And what I want to very clearly portray this morning as well is that the center of our faith is Jesus Christ and him crucified. I've got a flip chart here. And uh, I'm going to draw a cross right in the middle, or more or less. Because right at the heart of our faith is the cross. Now, people sometimes say, well, you know, that's all very well. But I'm concerned about other aspects of the faith. Sometimes people say, you know... Um, I'm really concerned about the planet right now, so the environment, and, and that's understandable. Um, 
You can be worried about the cross, but I'm worried about this. This is surely the most pressing issue of our day, we might say. And yet, when Jesus died on the cross, he died to reconcile all things, even the planet, to himself. The cross is at the center of it. Some people say, well, you know what, the cross is it's a bit depressing, isn't it? It's about someone dying. I prefer the Christmas story. So I'm going to draw Mary and Joseph here. And the crib, right? <laughs> I wouldn't have got to, to the Royal Academy of Arts, okay? <laughs> There's Mary and Joseph with the crib. And, uh, and yeah, we love the message of Christmas, right? But as we hear at Christmas, do you know what? Jesus was born, yes he was, but he was born to die. The heart of our faith is the cross. Other people say, do you know what? You, you can talk about the cross and all that, but I, I, what I do accept and what I will listen to is Jesus' teaching. So here's Jesus doing some teaching. And it's sure enough, in the Bible, there's plenty of teaching in the Gospels. Jesus spoke and word. But you know what? If you read the Gospels, you get about halfway through each one of the Gospels, and what does Jesus start saying the most? He starts saying, the Son of Man has come to die. His teaching is all about his death. As he gets halfway through the Gospels, that's what he starts saying time and time again. Nobody understands what he's talking about, but that becomes his teaching. It's important, but his teaching leads him to the cross. Others people say, well, you know what I'm really excited about is about the, the healing ministry of Jesus. The, when you see Jesus, and about a third of the Gospels talks about the healings of Jesus uh, and his deliverance and all these incredible things, right? I'm going to draw a pair of hands. And uh, there's someone being healed. He's laying his hands on them. And, and that's a powerful ministry. And yet, how he, are they healed? They're healed through the cross. By his wounds, we are healed. It's the atonement that heals us. It's what God has done in Christ on the cross that brings our healing, that brings our wholeness, that brings our peace. And that's where we find healing, at the cross. Other people say, well, you know what? Jesus didn't stay on the cross, did he? He rose again, didn't he? And there's the... No, that's no good, is it? Looks, <laughs> looks like Marco Polo, doesn't it? All right. I'm hoping, I was hoping this would be helpful, but... <laughs> That's meant to be the empty, empty tomb. Stone rolled away. And absolutely, this is part and parcel of the same message. But you know what? The resurrection is God's yes to the cross. If, if Jesus hadn't died on the cross, there would be no resurrection. Admittedly, if Jesus had died and that was that, end of story. But the resurrection is God's yes to the cross. This is what I was doing all along. The cross, we sang that song, didn't we? It looked like defeat and all the rest of it. But no, the ground began to shake. He is alive. The resurrection is God's yes to the cross. Other people say, what about Pentecost? We need to emphasize Pentecost. And uh, I'm going to draw some of the disciples here. Uh, there they are. With tongues of fire on their head. Do you remember? The day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came down as a dove and upon them as fire on their heads. But do you know what happened? When Peter, the Apostle Peter, was filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, what did he do? He preached about the cross. He preached about the power of Jesus to save through the cross.
So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, whose name is on your lips? Jesus. And it's Jesus and him crucified. And then others might say, well, you know what? This, this, is, all like, this is all ancient history. What about the church? The church today. I know it's the people, but I'm going to draw a building. Right? But what's the symbol that you see on the churches? You see the cross. We're a people of the cross. The heart of our faith is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Paul portrayed that to the Galatians. And what happened? They started to enjoy God's favor. They knew that God was smiling on them. And they had, you know, they, 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 they did, uh, a church was born. They were reborn. They received the gospel. And Paul asked them a question. He says, when you did receive the gospel, when, you, when, when, this, when, when we came to you with this message of Christ crucified, you received the Spirit, didn't you? Yes, we did. And what happened? God started to do miracles among you. Signs and wonders. And Paul says, all you would do was you believed in the cross. You believed in this message. See, what had happened with the Galatians was they were under God's favor, they were under God's smile, but then they came under a spell. <laughs> Someone cast a spell on them. They became bewitched, and Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You started to come away from this, and you started to get led astray. Sometimes you might think, I don't want to be led astray. Keep coming back to the cross. That's the answer. Keep coming back to the cross, and you won't be led astray. The Galatians were led astray. I want you to imagine something with me for a minute. Um, I don't know if this will work, but it worked for me. Um, I want you to imagine you're getting on a train. When you get on a train, what's the first thing you do? Find a seat. Find a seat. On this train, all the seats are first class. Now, I don't know about you. If I see the first class carriage, I think, well, I'm not going in there because I haven't paid for first class. So, but there's no standard class seats on this train. They're all first class. Oh, oh gosh. That's a bit of a surprise. Eventually, you find a seat and you sit down. The ticket inspector comes. Do you ever have that feeling? <gasps> Guilt. When the ticket inspector comes, I must have, that flash of moment, you know, when, like when you see a policeman, what have I done wrong? <laughs> the ticket inspector comes along and then they said, instead of asking for your ticket, they say, oh, we've been expecting you. Dave, it's great to see you. Uh, here's your ticket and it's free. Wow, what kind of train is this? And then the, the announcement comes. The steward will be coming along in a minute with menus. Uh, the chef's been cooking. Pick whatever you want from the menu. The steward comes along, gives you a menu. But there's no prices on the menu. There's all this amazing food there, but there's no prices. So you ask the steward, excuse me, how much does this cost? It's all free. Really? I can have whatever I want and it's all free? Yes, you can. It's all free. And so you start to enjoy things on the menu. I want to tell you, this is the gospel. It's free. And it's favorable. And uh, all you've got to do is get on the train. The problem is, when you're on that train, a voice will come. 
It might come from another passenger. It might come into your own head. And it will come. And it will tell you, there's a catch, you know. This is too good to be true, isn't it? Oh, yeah, must be. Look at all those other passengers. They're really good people. You're not. <laughs> when you get found out, you'll be chucked off this train. <laughs> you know that it's not free. You know that they're going to make you pay at the end. That voice comes. And it sounds very reasonable. And you think, yeah, you know what? That's got to be right. This can't be true. It's too good to be true. And then the voice also says, well, have you ever seen the driver? Do they know where they're going? <laughs> the voice might also say, look at the landscape we're going through on this train journey. Do you recognize it? We went through some pretty dark tunnels, didn't we? Do you really think the driver knows where he's going? The Galatians heard that voice and they believed it. And they said, stop the train, I want to get off. Don't get off the train. Stay on the train. God had done all these miracles among you. He poured out his spirit among you. Was it because you worked really hard and you did things in your own strength? No, it's because you believed. It's because you got on the train. When you stop and get off the train and say, I'll make my own way, thanks very much, you might regain control, but you won't know where you're going. And you won't get to the destination, which is where God wants to take you. Paul, in his argument, says, you know, you've been, you've been saying, you know, you need to do all these extra stuff. And the, the people who come in and whispered in the Galatians' ear had, had talked about Moses and all the works of the law that Moses brought. Well, Paul trumps Moses by saying, don't you remember Abraham? It's like playing, you know, I'll see you this and I'll raise you Abraham. <laughs> and he comes along, he says, Abraham came first. And Abraham was considered right before God. He received God's favor. He was under God's smile. And was that because of all the good things he did? No, it was because he believed God. He had faith. And if you believe God and have faith, you are a child of Abraham too. And right from the beginning, God's plan was always to give this faith to the whole world. Not just to the Jewish people, but to the whole world. God announced it to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. And so if you believe, you're a child of Abraham. You're part of the family. You're in amongst them too. And you are uh, considered righteous too. You are under God's favor and under his smile. If you get off the train, effectively, you become in charge of your own destiny, or you might think you are. And effectively, you come under a curse. Because you're trying to do things your own way. You're trying to make your own way in life. The Galatians had received God's smile, and yet then they come under a spell. And they started believing that they needed to make their own way. If we do that too, we'll, it's like we believe a lie. And effectively, it's like we're under a curse. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable with you. Um, I told you about 
playing the saxophone and, and for years I, I've done loads and loads of gigs over the years. I've also preached loads and loads of times. Um, and they all merge into one. I can't remember most of the stuff I've preached and most of the gigs you kind of forget about. The ones I remember are the ones where I messed it up. <laughs> but I didn't do very well. So I didn't play the right thing or, you know, I preached and I missed the target. Maybe today will be like that. Um, those are the times you remember. Why? Because I judge myself by my performance. Yeah? Because of what I do, I'm up the front quite a lot. And uh, so you can become a bit of a performer and you can judge yourself by your performance. Now, it's not wrong to want to do a good job. But is that how God judges me? Actually, God smiles on me with his favor because of Jesus. Whether I turn in a good performance or not. If you, if you, no, I'm being vulnerable there. If you want to lie me on a psychiatrist's couch and talk to me later, please do. <laughs> I share that because I think in reality, we all have our struggles. And I can say, yes, the cross is at the center of it, and that the heart of our faith is what Jesus has done. It's not about what I do, it's what, about what he's done. And you can all go, yes and amen, because you've heard it before. But there can be a difference between what we say we believe and what we actually do. There can be a difference between what we declare and what we do. There can be a difference between what I confess with my mouth and what I actually live by. Because that's what will betray what you really believe. There's a difference between what you, you learn in a book and what you really own. I want to ask you this morning, what do you really own? Because if you own the fact that you are under God's favor, that you are under God's smile, that will absolutely radicalize and transform your life. And this favor of God and this smile of God will be infectious and it will completely transform our community, those around us. If you know that whatever you do, you might mess your life. You say, never mind doing a bad performance. My whole life's been a mess. But through your faith in Christ, you can know God's favor. You can be under his smile. You know, a lot of the time, we actually think God's frowning. Or he's not, he's smiling. What do you really believe? What do you own? Because I want to say, own this. This is who you are. This is why Jesus died. If you don't, you're living life like under a curse. Deep down, is there not sometimes that feeling, I wonder if I will be accepted. I wonder if I am really good enough. You know, sometimes I do the school run, well, quite a bit, and people smile, you know. <laughs> Which is nice, right? Tanya tells me it's a good idea to smile at people. <laughs> but just, I wonder if sometimes people are smiling, I'm a nice person, really. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. It's good to smile. It's good to be nice. But, you know. Yeah, 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 I'm a really good person. You know, I meet people all the time who say, oh, well, you know, you've got your faith. 
I don't really share that faith, but I live by kind of Christian values. What they're saying is, I'm a, I'm a good person, really. But it isn't about that. It's about what Christ has done on the cross. And Paul proclaimed Christ crucified. This is the day that turned everything upside down. This is the revolution. This is what cut history in two. And this is our faith. It's not about what good works I might do or don't do. And it's so radical because God sent Jesus not only to take the curse on him, but actually to become a curse for us. He became a curse. Everyone, uh, 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 cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole, it says, or tree, or cross. 2,000 years ago, they crucified people, and those people were considered cursed. They were publicly displayed. These are bad people. These are criminals. These are the people you don't want to become like, because look what happens to them. That's what God did for you. In this country, what did we used to do? Until the 20th century, we used to hang people. Back in the days, we used to boil them, burn them at the stake. People would be hung, drawn, and quartered. I read this week as I was researching the death penalty. You could, you could be killed in this country for marrying a Jewish person. That's what we used to do in this country. Quite a few years ago, but nonetheless. Now, we, we pride ourselves on being civilized. Well, <laughs> hang on, look in our history books. And we used to take people and we used to cut their heads off and put them on a pole. That person is cursed. Jesus Christ became a curse for you. That's how much he loves you. That's the extent that God was willing to go to. So that you might know God's favor. So that you might come under his smile. This was so all the nations could receive God. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, might come to the whole world through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Love to see the Spirit at work among us. Don't you? Love to see miracles happening, healings, transformations, people being saved. And sometimes we can have the impression that you know, if we really want to see the Holy Spirit at work, we've got to kind of be on a, a super high spiritual level. We've got to be like up there. You know, we've got to be like red berets in a spiritual realm. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. We've just got to believe. Because from day one in the Galatian church, God was doing miracles. Why? Because they believed. All God calls us to do is have faith. We just believe in what Christ has done. Now you might say, well, I don't have a very strong faith. It's not about the amount of faith you have. It's who your faith is in. I'm guessing that most of us say, I've heard all this before. <laughs> and, and I've heard it all before. I've said it all before. But are you living under God's smile? Are you really living under God's smile? Because sometimes we can feel like, actually, I, I think I was born under a bad sign. I feel a bit like a cloud is always over me. 
Now, when we were going out, we used to listen to um, Travis. It was uh, an album called The Man Who, and it came out with this song, Why Does It Always Rain On Me? And I was going out with Tanya, and we were kissing, and there was this in the background. And <laughs> Sorry, far too much information. <laughs> Back in the day when we used to kiss. <laughs> but I remember that song, don't you? Why does it always rain on me? Sorry, wonderful memory. But we can have those, we can have that feeling. It's always raining on me. Oh, you know, woe woe is me. And some of us, we're just that kind of personality. Some of us, you think, well, I had a rubbish upbringing, and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Christ died so you can come under God's favor. Whose opinion matters of you? God's. When I went to the Royal Academy, whose opinion mattered? It was the two panel members. It didn't matter what I thought. What they thought was the important thing. They made the decision. God's made the decision for you. He said, I love you. I sent my son to become a curse for you. So that you might be blessed. So that you might be under my smile. So that you are favoured. That's how much I love you. So believe. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the grace that you've poured out for us through your son Jesus. Thank you for this good news. I pray be transforming our lives by your spirit. We might believe what you have done. I thank you that no matter how we might be feeling this morning, that as we declare our faith, that as we put our faith in you, we come under blessing. We come under favor. We come under your smile. We turn away from those things which have cast a spell on us, Lord. Those deceptions and those illusions. Those lies of the enemy. We repent of ever believing them. And today we come back to the cross. Where our Savior died for us. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. For God so loved the world. We believe. I want to thank you for how clearly you are present in this church in our midst and this is not by our works but it's by your grace 
thank you so much. Thank you for your love. So Lord, we surrender to your ways this morning. We come just as we are. Lord, you see us. You see where we're at right now this morning. We're all too aware of our frailties and our, our mistakes. But Lord, we come just as we are to you now. You draw us near. Come as you are.